Hello, listener. Welcome to This is the Pits with Michael and Chelsea. I'm Chelsea. And I'm Michael. Uh, today we are talking about a movie from 1984 called Legends of the Fall starring Brad Pitt and Anthony Hopkins. Um, this is part of a, our mission to watch every single Brad Pitt movie ever made and talk about in it. In order. Yeah. In order and talk about Brad Pitt's career and his impact on pop culture as we go along. Um so here we are. What episode is this? Like 10? This is episode 10. I can't believe we've been doing this for 10 weeks. Really, it's been no. like 13 or 14 weeks. Yeah, because we take some weeks off and we take some weeks on. And so, yeah, it's been – I can't believe that. It's been like three months. I know. I'm so thrilled we're doing this. <laughs> well, I guess more than three months. But still, yeah, it's crazy. I love it. I love it too. I have to say I'm sitting here with real puffy eyes because I cried all morning. I watched the movie this morning, and I'm really excited to get into this episode. Yeah. Uh, I definitely... I was... I had... I just moved to L.A. I'm in Chelsea's house now, everybody. Or my house is where Chelsea used to live. Yeah, Michael, you had a huge week. I did. I moved to L.A. last last week. And Congrats. I came, thank you. I came from New York, where we recorded with Chelsea, and we didn't take a single photo evidence <laughs> and meatball. And then I... Came to here to San Francisco. No, then I went back to LA and then I flew t- from LA to San Francisco. And then from San Francisco, I drove down. I put all my stuff in a U Haul and I drove down with my car towed behind me. And it was the most terrifying experience to drive like eight oh hours. God. Down the five? Down the five. Like Boy. my car, I was like pulling my car behind me, which was the scary part because you can't drive over 55 miles an hour and the truck is huge. And I'm not, qual- I can't believe, I can't believe that just any old, you know, person can just roll up to a um a u-haul get a giant truck and attach their car on a hitch behind it and you that vehicle is like 30 feet long <laughs> like it's insane how long it is oh and it's you, there's no they're just like oh just take wide turns like are you kidding me like it's horrifying so i did that and now i'm here in la i'm so happy for you that's like this is a major point in your life you've moved from the bay I moved out of the Bay, yeah, and so now I can't wait to become a barista. Um, <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> There's a great shop around the corner from your house, All Time Cafe. Shout out to All Time on Hillhurst. Really expensive, really delicious. You should work there. <laughs> There's a lot of really expensive things and really delicious people here. Yeah. Oh, my God. Um, I'm so glad I don't live there. Really? But yeah. Yeah, listener, Michael moved into my old apartment. Don't tell my landlord, but... It's all in the family, which makes me really happy. Yeah, keeping it keeping it local. Um, so how's your week been? My week has been kind of a nightmare. I've been working on a thing, shooting with twenty one children, producing nightmare. this, just like off the rails. I hate working with kids. My director was miserable. It was just a whole thing, and I worked basically 16 days in a row. So today's my first day off. Yeah. And it was And we're here doing this. And we're here doing this which was lovely cuz I woke up late, a little bit hungover from the rap party. I watched Legends of the Fall which made me weep and I all I wanted to do was weep and then took a nice like hour long bath with a new book. Took, <laughs> took the dog for a walk and then like set up a garage band to record this podcast and I'm like it's just goes to show how much I actually enjoy doing this. How like this yeah. podcast is sort of like a beacon of hope in my life sometimes where I'm like, at least I got 
something I'm doing. <laughs> you know what yes. I mean? Same. It's like, I know it's, it's like, there's a, a void in my life if I'm not doing something. And exactly. so like, like right now, since I just moved, I'm not working. And so it's nice to, I mean, having this makes it almost not justified, but just like, okay. Totally. You know? Like I woke up and watched a movie, which normally I would, I would feel like such a piece of shit for waking up and watching a movie, but I was like, it's for work. Like I've got to do it for work, which made me yeah. feel good. You know? Yeah, exactly. And same with me. Last night I was like by myself. I like decided to randomly rearrange my living room at 10 p.m. Yeah. Um, and I just like was like, I'm going to watch this movie. And like it does. I didn't feel bad about staying in on a Saturday to watch a movie because yeah. I was like, it's for work. And then I have to get up and talk about it. But I do have to say, like moving to a new city, even if you know people like your boyfriend lives there and, you know, you're from California. So, you know, a lot of people there. It still is a huge adjustment like even for me right now yeah. i'm like i'd rather i'm like so happy to have this podcast because otherwise i'd have to go out and like meet people like you have to it's so you have to work at living when you first move to a place you oh, know god don't mind me yeah no, but I it's know. so fun it's so fun it's so fun i'm just really tired and hung, <laughs> and hung over from my tears of this movie which may have been heightened by my tiredness and i can't wait to talk to you about it oh uh. Same. Yeah. I, I really, I didn't realize I needed a night alone watching this movie and just being sad by myself. Oh my God. I mean, okay. We're going to kind of get into it because this movie is, it is what a river runs through it wanted to be. A hundred percent. I'm so glad you said that. It's amazing. The similarities and what is it? It's a two year difference in his career, right? 93 to 94 or 92 to 94. It's one year. Um, it's like a one year difference. <clears throat> yeah, it's sooner than we think because he uh, he shot this movie before he shot Interview with a Vampire. I know, and it's funny because all of the research I was doing conflated the two movies. Yeah. Because they Same. were both six months. So I guess he shot this movie for six months. Four months. Four months in Calgary. Canada, which sounded like so much fun, and then went immediately into Interview with the Vampire for six months. Which and was brutal. Well, both were kind of brutal because both were very isolated. He wasn't home in L.A. Yeah. He was in Calgary, and I guess like they they shot in Calgary because it was supposed to be dry, and then it rained like half the time. Totally. <laughs> like record amounts of rain. Yeah. But this was the year he started making millions of dollars in his movies. I read... Oh, yeah. I don't know if this is true. I mean, I didn't fact check it, but I guess I think he made $3 million for this one because of... Or maybe he made $3 million for Interview because of this movie. One of the two. Like, all of a sudden, he's, like, living in a Oh, mansion. yeah. I saw that. Yeah. Right, right, right. Like, his, his fee went up to $3.5 after, like, these movies. Yeah. Which is funny because I also saw in a different thing that... Someone was saying that like it was a bold move by um, Edward Zwick, who directed this movie. Mm -hmm. That it was a bold move for him to cast Brad Pitt, who was relatively unknown as the lead role, which right. is so weird because watching it in order, you just think like Brad Pitt is the perfect cast for this. Oh my god! And like they are lucky to have got Brad Pitt. One hundred percent. I couldn't. It was so wonderful to watch him in this role because I, he's so. That sexiness that doesn't come from just looking sexy, but that thing that he has, the thing that sets Brad Pitt apart is that the thing, thing that Tristan has, right? Yes. 
Yes. Well, I mean, it's totally it's because he he Brad Pitt himself said that there were a few a few of his roles where he knew that he was the right person for the job. And it was he mentions Thelma and Louise and this one. Yeah. He says he says, I feel like I knew those characters. And, you know, he, he said it just felt natural to him to to do those um like he knew what he was doing. Like whereas totally. with he said that with interview, he was kind of just like meandering through the role. Like he he knew it and he was trying to understand it, but he needed a lot of coddling from the director and stuff like that because it was mm-hmm. just a challenging role. Whereas this was much more he just knew. Like it was instinctual and it, it totally shows. Like I think it really shows. It totally shows and I think he had enough clout from the his career of all of the other episodes kind of that we've done here, culminating in this one, where this is the last one where we say he's a He's at the beginning of his career. And right. this was so it was like he had learned all of this stuff. And this was the first movie he made where he had read the book and he sort of helped develop the film itself. Like he it wasn't just him acting in it. He also helped to develop it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I read this really enlightening Vogue article that I took a, a lot of quotes from. But there's one quote that the woman who wrote the article said. Uh, the man, Brad Pitt, and the characters share the, share, share the same intoxicating mix of charm, grace, and wildness. And I was like, that is like full oh, on. absolutely. You know, like, it was so... Watching a movie... I've seen this movie before, but watching it for this podcast, I was like, damn, like, this guy is no joke. <laughs> you know? He's real... <laughs> Because we were always like, little Brad Pitt, like, oh, our boy Brad, here he is. I'm like, now I'm like, damn, like, that character who was so, Tristan, so intoxicating. So intoxicating. I mean, and, and like, and that that guy, Alfred, actually, in the movie, said it well when he was like, I followed all the rules, I did all of the things, Mm -hmm. and. They loved you more. And they loved him more. And he did none of the rules. And it's so true. He's such a bad boy, but in the best way because he's a good guy. Somehow the guy who follows all the rules is like kind of positioned as this negative character. Well, we'll we'll get into that because he is so skeezy. It's almost like this um, Jacob and Esau. It's a very biblical thing, which brings me to the title of the film. I kept waiting for the Legends of the Fall. My whole life when I think about this movie, I always thought it was a seasonal thing, Legends of the Fall. But it's it legends. Is. No, it's a biblical thing. It's from the Bible, Legends of the Fall of mankind. Oh, I thought it was because he at that one time when fall. Yeah, he said he comes back in the fall. Exactly. No. And I kept being like, why would they name a movie about his return date? And then I was like, oh, my God, this is such a Jacob and Esau thing. It's such a good brother, bad brother, entangled thing. I mean, I could go crazy here. But yeah, that's, have you ever read East of Eden? No. Um, you should. It's my favorite book of all time by John Steinbeck. And it's a similar sort of situation where there are these two brothers that, like, one tries his best to be – tip-top shape and like they end up hating each other and it's this whole dramatic thing but it's a it's a tale as old as time (laughs) (laughs) okay well i mean i guess we should go to the movie then right yes now that we've gushed about it non-stop for five yeah i am so i'm taking it that you liked it i did like i did like it and i'm gonna take a bite of this bagel okay oh ASMR. asmr 
I'm gonna. <laughs> oh, that's not ASMR. That was horrible. <laughs> that was the worst sound. I have no idea what that sounds like. Okay, um, what about this one? Oh yeah. Oh, That's yeah. lovely, right? I wish I, I wish I had a pickle. Anyway. <laughs> a, a pickle? Yeah, there's a whole ASMR. Oh, my God. Instagram is filled with ASMR accounts that are just people crunching on pickles. Pickles? Oh, my I God. Mean, I've oh, seen my the God. One, I've seen people eating fried, <laughs> fried chicken on ASMR because it's so crunchy. No. But, um, there's this one chick. I forgot what her name is. I wish I could plug her right now. ASMR lady. And she just takes these big pickles and she goes... And then she goes, shh, 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 and she claps <laughs> her nails, and she goes, "I'm crunching, I'm crunching." <laughs> what the fuck? It's so I amazing. Want... <laughs> it's such an internet thing. It's so amazing. I. What if we just switched our podcast to be Brad Pitt movies reviewed, but also in the in ASMR? So we only we only whisper and we only have little <laughs> tiny. Tiny ideas, yeah. just little thoughts. Little ideas, go to sleep. Shh, 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 shh. clear your head. <laughs> <laughs> there was a lot of, which brings me back to the movie. There was a lot of shh, 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 shh. oh, we're gonna kiss now in this movie. So much, oh, so many pensive. Like I, I was also thinking, like it, it's very hard in a movie, and I've said this before on this potty that um, it's very hard to make someone thinking look interesting. Like someone having, you know what I mean? Like being pensive. It's hard to make that interesting on screen. Yeah. But this movie does it so well. Okay. So here's what I was going to say before we got into ASMR is that I, the minute it started, I was like, okay, well, this is my favorite time in history. Like if I had to go back in history, I would go there. I love the whole like sort of new frontier post-Civil War. That's where you would go? Right after... Deadwood. <laughs> Deadwood. But the, okay, anyway, I'd go to this like free Roman country where you put down a flag and it's yours. I just loved it. And I was like, oh my God, I bet Michael's going to hate this movie because Michael, because I really love slow, boring shit, right? Like, give me Cold <laughs> right. Mountain. Give me this. Give me A River Runs Through It. And I was like, he doesn't like that. Um, so I'm really happy that we're on the same page here. Yeah, I, I remember you said it's going to be a real boring one. And I like I told my boyfriend who was like, do you, are we going to watch this movie together? And I was like, no, you should go home. This one's going to be a really boring one. I'm going to just watch it by myself and get it over with. Yeah, but I'm glad you watched it alone because I watched I, it alone. Ultimately, I am too. Yeah. yeah, it's not. It's a great movie to be a loner in because it's so fucking heartbreaking at every turn. Heartbreaking at every turn is a great way to put it because it is. It's just well every it's like every okay well let's just do it yeah so um, you started off how, how does it starts off with another fucking narration that's how it starts isn't that oh my god i'm so glad you said that <laughs> we are clearly i wonder when narration's gonna go away i think we're like eight out of ten for narration now yeah it's another narration and it, but and honestly honestly it almost lost me there i was i was because i was i want i mean i tried to go into a movie not watching the trailer, not reading anything about it, so that I'm in it fully unbiased. Totally. Um, but this one I really was fully biased about. I had reservations. Uh -huh. I had opinions. I had Indian um, reservations. 
No, we're not saying Indian this time. We said no, Indian. No, it's an a Indian lot. reservation. It's not no, no, Native no, I know. American. I was making a joke and you stabbed it to death. <laughs> I just, I just meant to say that before we started recording. I know. We have to I know. try to say Native American this time. Well, anyway, let me say it. okay. Oh, good. I'm cutting this whole thing out. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. The people need to know that we're putting an effort. Um, the person. <laughs> the person. Mom. My mom needs to know. <laughs> you know what it is, people, because it's both of our moms. True. Uh, they would get along so great. Yeah. They they would have so much to talk about with this podcast. <laughs> They're like, did you know that our children are psychos? <laughs> my, it's so funny. My dad's like, Chelsea, I'm really proud of you for doing it. The subject matter, I don't really understand, but I'm glad you're doing it and I'm going to listen. I'm like, That is so fucking funny because I texted my dad le- yesterday and I was like, by the way, have you uh, even listened to my podcast yet? And he said, <laughs> wait, I, I'm going to find his exact words. He really just shot me right down. He said, um, no, I don't watch movies. My knowledge <laughs> of Brad Pitt is that he married Angelina Jolie and then they're supposedly divorced. It's cool, though. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Like that. My dad's like, he'll send me like words of approval to be like, oh, yeah, I'm listening. But he's like, I just don't get it. Yeah. He anyway, knows. bringing it back to movies and dads and stuff. So the movie opens with one one stab. No, it's is it it is one stab narrating. It's one is his name one stab? Yeah. Or stab. It's one stab. Okay. One stab who is a Native American guy who is best friends with and works for the the, patri- colonel. the colonel, the patriarch of the family. Um, who Anthony, played by Anthony played by Anthony Hopkins and might I say beautifully? <laughs> oh, uh, lovely performance! From lovely Anthony performance! For, yes, three, honestly, three he stars. should have been nominated again. Yeah, well, I mean, this movie was up against Forrest Gump, which is undeniable. Oh, this is the year. Mm-hmm. Wait a minute, this is that that crazy year where it was, um, like Forrest Gump, uh. What's it called? Red? No, with Morgan Freeman, where he escapes jail. Oh, 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 oh! Shawshank the, like, Redemption. Best movie of all time. Yes, Shawshank Redemption. Uh, Pulp Fiction. It's like this crazy, crazy lineup. Nineteen ninety-four. Yeah. So this did, movie didn't stand a chance. It got washed to Forrest Gump, which fair enough. No, but it won. It did win Best Cinematography. Mm-hmm. And he and Brad Pitt was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Acting. Oh, he was? Aw, good for him. Golden Globe, but that's sweet. <laughs> yeah, it's sweet. I, honestly, like, we'll get into this at the end of this podcast like we always do, but he did, he was amazing in this he role. Was he amazing. was this character. He was the character more than any other character, more than any other actor in this movie. He was like, oh, God, it's so, it's such a complex thing to play, right? Somebody who's kind yeah. of perfect and wild and intoxicating because of his like lack of rules. Right. Well, I wrote down my, like one of the things I wrote down was, Oh wow. He's an actor now. Yeah. He's an actor now. He mm-hmm. is. And he's making them millions. Have we seen him cry before this? Or he no. cried in. And that's a note that I wrote down where when he was crying, I was crying and I'm definitely going to cry in this episode because I'm overtired from work. <laughs> and there are some moments that I was not expecting. And meanwhile, I might I say, expect- I saw this movie like eight months ago alone. I must have been like playing games on my phone or something and not paying attention because I was just like, oh, it's a boring movie. It's a river runs through it. 
but it's not at oh, all. Oh, it's so it's uh anyway. Okay, okay so, so one stab. One stab narrating. He's just talking about how everyone gets there. And okay, so here's one question I have right off the bat. And I may have just like not been paying attention for a second and missed it because at the beginning I was a little in and out for a second. Mm-hmm. Um the what's her name? Um Sarah Susanna. Uh-huh. Where did she come from? England. But like was she what why did she come there? Oh, oh, she because never, she was leave again? because she was engaged to Samuel, the younger brother. But how did they get engaged? He went off to school I think in New York. Here's the things we know about Susanna from the minute it starts. Okay, let me just backtrack for the to lead up to the story. So it's one stab, the loyal family member who is a Native American man who is best friends and works for the colonel who I think was a colonel during the Indian Wars, they were called. I was trying to research this, which was that the United States government was basically trying to slaughter and kill and take land from Native Americans. And he was like, this is fucking bullshit. I don't like the government. I'm going to just stay here in Montana, even though it was shot in Canada. I'm going to stay here in Montana and protect these people because like, they're human beings to me. So the movie starts with one step telling the story. We never really find out to who throughout the whole thing. But anyway, mm-hmm. we find out that, okay, so the Colonel one stab and his wife, um, and the Colonel's three boys. They're the Leroy's. Right? They're the Leroy's. Yeah. So it's Samuel, uh, Tristan, and Alfred. And fucking Alfred. Okay, so this is why we need to go blow by blow for this movie because I have a lot to say about the way that these characters are presented. All the blows. Exactly. <sighs> you want to blow them all? <laughs> no. But sorry, go. So okay, so. We find out that basically um, he decides to stay in the country because he hates the government and he basically hates being a part of society. He has three kids. The wife, his wife leaves. They're in a loveless marriage, although they're this this story is told through correspondence between him and the wife and all of the people, all the characters are writing letters. And that's how this story is told from the perspective of one step. Right. Right. Yes. So we meet the boys. They're growing up together. Tristan, the young kid who I thought was played by River Phoenix originally, but wasn't. But the kid looked just like River Phoenix. Yeah. Has always had a wild heart. The And then Alfred, the old... So Tristan's the middle brother. Then Alfred, the older brother, is just sort of not really mentioned. And then what we find out is that the both older brothers and the father adore Samuel, the younger son. Yes. Samuel, whatever. They grew up in the wild. We're learning about their upbringing Tristan had a bear in his heart and he was always searching for his own death. And he had this like spirit, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Samuel go. So then they grow up. Samuel goes to college. We haven't seen a grown up Tristan yet. Samuel comes back on the train with his fiance, Susanna. Yes. Okay. What we find out in the scene when she when they disembark from the train is that Susanna's family has been killed or they're dead some way, but now she has a new family, which is the Leroy's. Oh, that's the part that I didn't get. I was like, where? I was like, where's this bitch's family? Like, she has fallen in love with every single one of those brothers. Well, let's not get there yet. 
Okay. I want to bring right. it back to the disembarking from the train. I feel like okay, I've been well, talking let's pick for up a long pace, time. I'm so yeah, sorry. Well, I'm, I'm so getting sorry. bored. It's very boring. Um, I know. <clears throat> Basically, they disembark from the train. And this is when I start hating Alfred. This moment. Right? <laughs> right off the bat. Yeah. He looks at her with that fucking shit-eating grin. And I think I wrote in my notes. I think I said. I said, he's such a creeper from the get. Yeah, he is. And he says weird, like, fuckboy things, too. Oh, he you know, sucks. Where he, he's the worst. He's such a misogynist, too. And he, ugh. Ooh, I hate him so much. Anyway, okay, so um, there's a bunch of stuff. Then there's a war happening. And they're like, I feel a duty to my country. So they it's go. World War One. World War One, WW1. And this is a part, a part when Anthony Hopkins is talking to them that I am just like, I want to be Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. He, when I'm older, I want to be like him. Like Wait, Anthony is, Hopkins or the Colonel? The Colonel. Okay. Oh, not the actor. No, the Colonel. Okay. Like the character he's playing. He's he's playing it so well mm. that it's just uh, he's like he's like Ron Swanson, but like not a joke and aged well. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. And he just lives by his own rules out on the country. And he doesn't give a fuck. But he's so smart. Like he doesn't he doesn't he's not one of those country people who like like are proud of being stupid. Like he's proud of being smart and he like educates his whole family by himself. He's like, I'll teach you literature and like all this shit like that. And I'm like, ah, teach me literature. He, he saw the war. He was a lauded war hero. And he said, this is fucking bullshit. I don't want to be a part of this country. And it was in a time, it was in a time where you could just go and that's what I'm saying. Why I'd want to go back in time. Like you could just go and find some land and live on your own and like have your own fucking little, your own little world. Oh yeah, well remember when the the policemen came and they said, uh, "Have you seen this man or whatever?" And he's like, uh, uh, "Yeah, he came through here a little while ago." Which, by the way, that never really came up again. Okay, I'm so glad you brought that up. This is my one problem with this movie: is that the policemen come as if we're about to find a new character who he's like hiding, or maybe we both missed something. But it makes. But it never I came think, back, and that bugged me I, the whole time. It didn't really bug me because uh, I thought it was sort of uh, half character building and half interest introducing the policeman. Because when it when he came in, the dad his, his attitude was, he's like, "Well, I, I'm not going to tell you shit because fuck you." Yeah. And then also he asked like, "So why are you asking?" And they're like, "Well, it's a uh, you know private." And he's like, "Public public office, isn't it?" <laughs> and then the uh, uh-huh, because he hates the government. He hates the government. Which so it was kind beat of into our heads. Whole which I, I'm fine with that. And it, now more than ever, baby. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, they, um, yeah, it introduced his, his, the, the Leroy's relationship with the government and the police was yeah. that don't Sorry. listen to them. They're, you know, go on. Well, that's it. Well, I was going to say that maybe we both missed something and that maybe that the guy that they were looking for was actually the one who was married to the Native American woman whose daughter was Isabel too. And that maybe he had, cause the sketch kind of did look like him. That was the one thing where I was like, he was actually protecting this guy. And I didn't really know where he came from. No, yeah. because that was the guy that he was talking no. to when the police Mm-mm. came. Mm-mm. He wasn't there. He walked the other direction. I mean, I don't know. That was my biggest, I'm glad that we're covering this now because that was my biggest thing where I was like, something isn't story doesn't check out here. 
Yeah, it's true. It, it, there is a little bit of maybe a little bit of a gap there, but if anything, it works as a character building. But I bet you a movie like this wouldn't have a meaningless scene that works only as character building. They would it would it would contribute something to yeah. background or something like that. Yeah, I think we missed something. Anyway, okay, so she steps off the train. Creepy Alfred's like, "I'm in love with you." They <laughs> find out about the war, and young Samuel is gung-ho and his fiance is from england he says we're gonna go fucking even though we weren't in the war we're gonna go enlist in canada and we're gonna be a part of this and nobody else wants to do it but the brothers love samuel so much that all three of them go and they spend the war protecting him and then he dies and that scene i got misty i it was so good it was like that's when i was like oh my god my brad god. pitt like I'll... he was such a badass. Like he was like I thought he was being like this like dodgy little puss, but then he oh. goes and does. Ugh, it okay. was just so heroic, so Listeners, heroic. You should know by now that you need to watch the movies in order to enjoy this podcast thoroughly. But I will just right because otherwise we're just gushing. <laughs> no, but but I just want to draw this out. I know I've been talking a lot, but his brother. <laughs> who feels like he's been protected this whole time, like wants to rebel against his brothers and be out on his own and be a war hero like his daddy. He gets caught. He gets blinded by mustard gas or whatever. He gets stuck in the fucking fence. He's alive, but he can't see. And Brad, and he's yelling for his brother. And Brad Pitt comes running and sees the fucking Germans who are going to shoot him. Who are setting up the biggest and slowest gun. Like, he had, uh he just, if only he could have gone faster. Because the Germans were thinking, oh, we're going to set up this, like, this, you know, artillery gun for some reason to kill this one dude who's caught in the fence. Yeah. And then Brad, oh, and then he just kills both of them, which, thank God, because he didn't. But we see Samuel just get, oh, get lit stuck up. in a fence and then get lit the fuck up. And we see for the first time in 10 episodes, Brad Pitt cry hysterically. So, yeah. And I am sitting on my couch. I've got a cat on my right, a dog on my left, sobbing. (laughs) (laughs) And then he cuts out his brother's heart. Oh, yeah. That was, I was like, (laughs) whoa. What a turn. What a turn of events. He's wild at heart. I just, I mean, I also appreciate their, like, I mean, to me, it it seemed like they had a lot of respect for Native American culture and tradition. Yeah, it it didn't feel Um, like demeaning or, like, trite. It felt like Or condescending. Yeah, Yeah. it felt felt like they held Native American tradition in high regard. Totally. it's hard. It's a, that's a tough subject to talk about movies depicting other like other cultures. Th- those filmmakers not. were not. But then again, there was. I was reading an article that they had a lot of like counsel. Like there was a lot of like. Oh, that's good. There was a lot of thought to make it exactly that, like well thought out and not and not um, condescending at all. Well, here's the thing. I'm a, I'm a white guy. And you're a white woman, so uh, it's, ter- it's so tricky. We we've come up on this before. It's really tricky, but to com- I mean, right? We're trying to be we're trying to be as objective as possible, and and just realistic. Like we're both white, and so like to us, seeing that it's like, oh, this is um, it looks like to us, it looks like it's respectful. But to someone who's from that culture, they might be like, wow, really? You think we just cut out hearts of the dead people? Well, there was you this know whole I mean? thing of like scalping too, which was a theme, which was like he has a thousand scalps, and then. Brad Pitt goes and scalps right. everyone he hates throughout the whole movie, which is like, whatever. 
Whatever. Here's the thing. Let's bring it back to the story. His brother fucking okay. dies. Okay. Brother croaks. His brother dies a tragic, tragic death. In a, front a, of him. A good death, though. Oh, he was great. Elliot. <laughs> you know? Because he's Elliot. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I got and you. And he was like, I read an article with him, too, that was like, this was my first, this was like me trying to break away from being a kid actor. And basically, he was like, this was me trying to not be Elliot anymore. And then here I am calling him Elliot. But anyway. Do you think he did it? Do you think that he... No, he'll always um, be Elliot to me. No, but do you... I'm, I don't actually even know what his career is like after this movie. I don't remember him in anything but E.T. in this, so... He had, like, a kind of an indie film career in the early 2000s that went away. But anyway, he dies. Bad. Brad Pitt loses his goddamn mind. Really? Does not recover. Gets discharged from the army. For losing his goddamn mind. Him and Alfred both get this. Oh, but he gets discharged and he has to go away for a little while, which they're vague about it, but he just has to like go away. He needs to go away. <laughs> he needs to go to, to time, pe- time out for people. Exactly. Alfred comes home, confesses his love to Susanna, and she's like, and it's so cringy on the hill. It's so cringy. <laughs> and he goes, I could love you. And she's like, no. <laughs> she's like, like, how do I say this nicely? No. I don't think so. And then Brad Pitt comes home after his thing, and there he is crying. Oh, my God. Here he is crying again by himself. In front of the grave of Samuel? And then Susanna comes. Yeah. And she comforts him. She comforts him in the way that only she knows how. In that moment when he's crying, I was like, that's when I thought about this podcast, and I was like, damn. I was like, Mm-hmm. I felt those tears so, like they were real tears. That's, he did I, such an yes. amazing job. That's uh, same. I that's when I was like, oh my god, he is acting. Yeah, he's like he I, is in this role and he's oh, killing it. And it justified all of the time we've spent doing this because I was like, we're this is not a joke. Like he's a yes. real true fucking person, and their chemistry was amazing. It was. It, their chemistry was amazing. Yeah. And the, I mean, the movie had big swelling string orchestra moments throughout the entire thing, which uh-huh. really, like, nonstop, it felt like <laughs> it was like, na, 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 like all the time. And it really um, added it, to the, it added, it, like, to it the just, melodrama. It, it got me there. And it's like, this is the way that you make a montage movie about a family with drama over, like, and like, sibling rivalries and like you know this whole thing like that's how you do it like take notes river runs through it well you know that's james Horner. Redford. it was what? james horner did the soundtrack you've heard oh. his music a thousand million quadrillion times i'm sure that i have it sounded like i've heard his music a thousand million quadrillion times which which was the other thing i wanted to say about him was this movie was just like i feel like they don't make movies like this anymore which is just like a slice of American life that we're like privy to with big sweeping sound um, soundtracks. And well, it's hard to it's it's hard to pull off. <clears throat> and it's it's this movie. We don't have the attention span anymore as an as an no audiences do not. And also it doesn't. Yeah, it's it, the 90s were really about romance. And I wonder why that was because mm-hmm. there's a lot. 90s was like the beginning of rom-com era. And there's a lot of yeah. huge romantic dramas that were out and like romantic dramas out now like what like what 
they don't exist. And that and we talked about this in True Romance. I think one of our my favorite lines I was re-listening to that podcast was I think I said something like this is in which we discuss the romantization of crazy people. Mm. And like in this movie, it's not as trite as that, but like this person is suffering from hardcore PTSD. Oh yeah. And he's they all kind of are. skinning people and cutting hearts out. Yeah, I mean and and yet he is magnetic and intoxicating and it is that romanticizing and and whimsical thing of people who have kind of gone off a bit. Yeah. Which is a theme in a lot of the movies we've watched. And I'm curious if we ever do another actor's podcast, if we'll just see if that's just what movies are about. Oh, by the way, (laughs) by the way, I did a little research this week and I found a podcast called Denzel Washington is the greatest actor of all time, period. (laughs) Guess what that podcast is about? Guess what the whole thing is with that podcast? It's episode ten, Chelsea, and we just discovered this podcast. And it's it's by it's by um, this comedian W. Kamau Bell, who does he does, now he does another podcast called Political Reactive, and he has a TV show on CNN. W. Kamau Bell, I love you. Um, but anyway, he's great. He has he's he's very funny. Um, Should we do Denzel next? Is that what you're trying? No, to say? I'm saying I'm that kidding. they did Denzel, and they did the same thing, and they did Denzel. So. Um, we're not original. We're phonies. And I'm quitting this podcast. No, just kidding. <laughs> well, I'm just going to tune in, listeners. Tune in my mom. Michael's mom's gone. When I just do this all by myself. <laughs> um, but let's get to the story because we're already having an hour in. Basically, basically, Brad Pitt's crying about his brother Samuel. He fucks Samuel's fiance. She's in love with him. She's always been in love with him. Yeah, well, so have I, so. Well, we haven't even gotten there yet. We haven't even gotten to how good he looks in this movie. Okay, so anyway, so she's in love with him, but he is full blown fucking crazy. He yeah. cannot keep it together. Yeah, um, he it's looks so tragic on her with part. A beard. It's so tragic on her part because she loves him so intensely throughout the whole movie, and he mm-hmm. and he loved her for that moment to like sort of put a bandaid on this wound of his brother, but like he never and really loved her. Was- no, I think he did. I think he loved her in the beginning. Like, I think he, like, su- sent something there with her, but he cared about his brother too much to, like, to do that. Uh-huh. And he respected his brother and he respected her, so he didn't do anything. So then he went to war, blah, 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 this shit happens. And then they have their moment in paradise where they are in love together. And then he, like... <clears throat> but it wasn't paradise, and I'll tell you what. Because he was, he was tormented in his brain. There was one moment in the movie where he was in paradise, which we haven't gotten to yet. Well, anyway, blah, blah, blah. Was it the moment? Was that moment when he was um, surrounded by two naked women in like Somalia or something like that? (laughs) So basically, just to finish the story, he fucking. Oh, this was great. I loved this part of the movie. So then he goes. So they're like riding around. They're in bliss. He and Susanna, they love each other. They've been fucking. She's talking about having his kids. He's talking about making her an honest woman. They're riding around. Then he sees a fucking cow stuck in. Oh, the um, what is that stuff called? Barbed wire. Barbed wire, which is how he saw his brother die. He snaps and needs to leave, and he leaves for years and years and years. And well, he, he, travels he the globe. no, he tries to get the calf out. He tries to get the calf out, but can't because it's too stuck. And then the calf starts to strangle, and so he just shoots it. Yep, and it's, it like and a, triggers him. And then wait before he leaves. He also goes hunting with one stab and like his dad and Alfred 
and he sees the bear that like attacked mm-hmm, him. But it didn't and, kill the bear. And he says, kill him. And then one stab says, you know, they say when a man and an animal spill each other's blood, they become one, which is why he probably couldn't kill him. And then he, he snapped the and he travels the world and mm-hmm, looks mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. he's just fully lost his fucking mind. But like, I also feel like he needed so jealous, to do that. But also so jealous. He's so like jealous. going to it's New like, Guinea. So, he's riding uh, around on his own fucking sailboat looking hot as fuck with his beard and his long hair. Yeah. I mean, he's I traversing. Mean. Meanwhile, this poor woman is stuck in fucking Montana with a man who's fucking old and has had a stroke. Well, this is why I was like, what is she – like, girl, what are Move. you doing? Go she away. Was, no, she was waiting for Tristan. She couldn't. She was waiting for Tristan, which is good for her. Good on her, I guess. Meanwhile, but, uh, Alfred becomes a congressman, and his father's like, fuck you. I hate the government. I raised you to hate the government, and now you are a congressman, and you voted – for prohibition. Right. So Tristan's out gallivanting around the world and meeting everybody. Alfred is following all the rules and being a complete fucking piece of shit and becoming a Ooh. governor. Uh, one thing that we forgot to even talk about while before as as Tristan was losing his goddamn mind back in Montana, they went out for drinks with one stab. They asked for four beers. The guy gave them three beers and said, we don't serve Indians. And then Brad Pitt kind of went crazy. back to his river runs through it. Again, again, river (laughs) runs through it, tried to do this, Uh failed horribly. This movie did it justice where you cared about – first of all, we didn't care about his girlfriend in River Runs Through It. Didn't really care about her except for that she was Native American and we were like, oh, cool. But then – But they didn't give us a chance to like her. That's what I'm saying. It's like it was a two-hour movie. Give us a fucking chance to like some, like <laughs> give us some proper character development, like this movie does. It gives totally. real good character development where we care about one stab. We understand where Brad Pitt's like animosity is coming from, mm-hmm. and we understand the character that Anthony Hopkins is playing, the Colonel. We understand the Colonel's character, his demeanor, and how yeah. he probably would have handled the situation, and he probably would have got that fourth beer because he's classy and smooth. But Brad Pitt, we just it just was such a well. A, a very very good scene that built character and and really explained the whole sitch and I and I I needed Brad Pitt to defend an Indian a Native American properly. Totally, hundred percent. I was right there with you. Sorry. Anyway, so back to back to where we were. No. So basically, she's madly in love with him, and she's like, "When are you coming back? When are you coming back? When are you coming back?" He never writes her, and then he sends her something. He sends her a letter that says, "What we had is dead. Move on." And he sends her some random bracelets or something like that, and she's like, right. "I guess those are for me. I don't know." So then she ends – so meanwhile, Alfred's been moved to Helena, which is basically New York City in Montana in the day. Mm-hmm. And he becomes a congressman. He's successful. They end up getting married. Tristan comes back, sees Suzanne uh, – what's Isabel her name? Too. Isabel Tu. Isabel Tu, who was 13 when the movie started, and so she's 20 now. Mm-hmm. So he's probably – you know, she, she looks completely different. She's a she's a grown ass lady now. She's beautiful. Beautiful and yeah, and it's funny because at the beginning of the movie, remember she said, "I'm going to marry Tristan." I know. And she was right. And she was right, and I knew she was going to be right. And yeah, I also, sure. I also, I knew, I knew so much about the movie from the from that train scene. I called so much of the film from when they d- disembarked from that train. Oh, well, congratulations. I guess well, you win. Well, I'm really good at watching movies, and I like, really know what I'm doing. Anyway. Well, you win this episode, then. Tristan comes back <laughs> from his thing. He falls yeah. in love with Isabel, too, and it mm. is true bliss. 
It is. It's lovely seeing them. He's just like he's finally like got his bear mind out. Like his he's bears got asleep. Control. His, his bears, bears asleep. Hibernating. He is dealt with all of his PTSD. He is just in love. He's had two kids, mm-hmm. and he yep. loves Isabel too. And it's not complicated. It's not wrapped up in his brother like it was with Susanna. Yeah, all no. his his dad, who has had a stroke while he was gone, is just so happy to see him. And this free spirited Tristan is like finally happy, but he's but getting you know, mixed up. He got yeah. mixed up in the wrong crowd. Yeah, in the old. Ugh, and I knew that too. When and uh, so he he gets mixed up in bootlegging alcohol because it's the pro- prohibition. And um, you know, there's competition. And then at one point they get stopped on the road. And when they get stopped on the road, they try to like intimidate them by shooting a gun up in the air. And they, they, he shoots it on like a bunch of rocks, and it ricochets off and it kills Isabel too. Shoots Ugh. her right in the chest, and it's so. Tr- I was very sad. I I didn't oh know that was God. gonna happen. But when he was shooting the rocks, I was like, wow, that could easily ricochet and kill somebody like mm-hmm. that. could." And then it the did. The way like, oh, they revealed that was so fucking Masterful. excellent. Masterful so is the word I was going to say, but I didn't want to sound like a douchebag. Thank you. Um, I sound like a douchebag all the time. It's fine. That's what I'm saying. The way they revealed her death, you just did not expect it. No. Yeah. And the, and the, it. and the, and the peace of their world beforehand, like their love, you so believed in in a way you didn't believe with Susanna. You know, where it was like, yeah. And then to reveal that death, where we're all just like, at first we're like, at first you're like, wait a minute, this is pedophilia, and then you're like, no, this is true love, and there are spirit people, and they're connected, and then she dies, and you're like, no. fuck, ouch, and then he has to go to jail for it. Well, you know what's what really bugged me, and I, I mean, this is. This is when I wrote down I hate Alfred was when Alfred says, hey, look, we got to talk. You have to go to jail for this. And he's like, well, what about the police officer who shot his gun in the air? And he's like, he's been reprimanded. And he's like, and it's like, dude, Alfred, go to bat for your brother. Be like, no, that dude's not getting go to bat for your sister. She's basically a sister. Alfred is a ninny. Yeah. Nincompoop piece of shit ninny. Yes. He just is that sniveling little character who just wants to be liked. He's a star fucker. He's not even, he's just like, he's got such a fucking chip on his shoulder because he'll never be Tristan. Tristan or Sam. I'd like to point out though, throughout this whole scene, there's another storyline going on, which is Susanna. Okay. Mm. Susanna finds out that Tristan is engaged and she cries and she's so sad, but she gets it. She's married to Alfred. But we see her struggling. We see her cry. She's crying throughout the whole movie. We see her truly struggling with the fact that she will always she and has that. always loved Tristan, she including Samuel. So she goes and visits him in jail. And she goes, I wanted her to die and I wanted him to die because basically I've always loved you. Ugh. Stab through to the chest, out yeah. the other side. Yeah, just this inside my chest. Woman. Blow out my ribs and yeah. just stab me again. Because, yeah, no, she because was... Tristan so because Tristan loves her, has love for her, but doesn't feel it the way she feels for him. And I was just watching that being like, fuck, that is that is the definition of fucking heartbreak. Yeah, it's so sad. Ugh. And then she like starts to go Britney and starts cutting her hair. And I think like, oh, she's gonna Alfred's not gonna like this. And then she just kills herself. So unexpected. Did you think she was gonna kill herself? 
No, because she was cutting her hair. I thought that was the gesture. I that was like the she defiant. Was her hair. It's like almost 1920. She's cutting her hair into like the yeah. style of the day. And then she shoots her fucking self, which just goes to show like. So when I was kind of trying to do research on this movie, which was different than doing research on the other ones, I kept reading time and time again, like this movie is just about how fucking unfair life is and how hard it is and how shit will beat you up. And you can try like Alfred tried and you could try like Tristan tried without you can try like Alfred tried with concerted effort or you can not try at all. But either way, you're fucked. It's Mm -hmm. basically the moral of the story. It felt like to me. And like, just live your truth. You know what I mean? Like. That's what Tristan does. That's all he can do is – and I think Tristan – I disagree. I think Tristan did love um, Susanna I think he had love for her. There's no no, question. No, I think he – I think when they were together, he really loved her. But I think the thing is, is like he was like, look, right now I can't do this. And so he left. And then when he came back, he was like, well, you're married now to my brother. So not going to happen. And then – and then, um, you know, like he just was like more – rational i guess about it where he was just like look the fact of the ma- like more frank with himself more honest mm-hmm. with himself i think he like, loved her but it wasn't all consuming she yeah, was right. all consumingly it was completely it was a tragic romance for her where for him he loved her he broke up with her he moved on which is what which is, a, which is which is a story i mean that is that's the fucking that's the reality of love and relationships where it's just like I had one where it was just like fucking all-consuming mad love of my life that's just like, oh, and then it's over. And you yeah. move on. It sucks, but it's Yeah, true. I had one that was a little bit the opposite where it felt like the other person was way more into it than I was. And like mm-hmm. it was for them, it was all-consuming. And for me, it wasn't all-consuming. And it felt it was weird sometimes. Anyway. Um, I have this quote uh, of that Brad Pitt said about this movie about the character. And he goes... Basically, it's about sinking below, rising above, going off, giving up, taking charge, taking control. This man's journey seemed very accurate to me and very true. The man and the character, Sarah, um, basically, it was like, life is a struggle and fuck. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> so, okay. So then it, um, it ends by... Uh, Everyone like I, I kind of like how it he ended. Grows old. Yeah, he just said no one expected Tristan to live very old, but then he does, and he lives to be an old man, and he dies somewhere in the woods, and his grave is unmarked. And he I dies like how it showed somewhere in the woods by the fucking bear. By the bear. Do you think it was the same bear? Yes. How old do you think that? Do you think bears bears don't live to be sixty in the wild? Uh, who knows? But all I'm saying is, it was metaphorically the same bear at the very least. Okay. Yeah. Metaphorically, it's the same bear. Sure. <laughs> um, thank God. Okay. By the way, this ending to this movie is the ending that I truly wanted. Yeah. Where they go and they kill that cop, mm-hmm. and they kill that fucking bootlegging bitch, mm-hmm. and then there's a moment where you're like, oh, now they're gonna get him. And then Alfred has one single redeeming moment in the whole movie where he mm-hmm. shoots that guy. Mm-hmm. That was great. You know, okay, so... They all came together in heartbreak. Another storyline that we didn't talk about was the relationship between Alfred and the dad and how the dad hated him and they didn't speak for years and years and years and they spoke 
finally and hugged and embraced and laughed after Alfred shot that guy. And he was like, yeah, really laughed as psycho. Yeah. Yeah. Because he was like, Oh my God, you're not as bad as I thought you were. You're just fucking living. I guess my takeaway was like, everybody's just trying to fucking live and living is tough. Like life isn't easy. It's easier for us than it is yeah. for most people. Um, yeah, it's it's true, especially in 1903. Yeah, in Montana. Yeah. Um, okay, well, I think we should talk about the all of the actors' performances. Mainly, I just wanted to point out that I think the guy who played Alfred and I feel I should, Aiden Quinn. Thank you, Aiden Quinn. Mm-hmm. I think he did a great job because amazing. And I'm fully stealing this from Brad Pitt because Brad Pitt pointed this out, and I think it's a really good point. That that character could have been played very wimpy and very pathetic. You know, it could have been played. It could have been like a, a Severus Snape sort of situation. Yeah, and just like a character who like is is you know is uh, has has no sense of agency for themselves. Totally. But the way he played it, he made it seem like he was deliberately being the way that he was because he was trying super hard and he didn't Mm -hmm. seem wimpy. He just seemed like a dick. Yeah. It's so interesting because he was, yeah, you nailed it there. Like he, he was trying so hard to achieve something he never could achieve. Yeah. Which, and, and Tristan, Brad Pitt's character didn't try at all to be the thing he want Alfred wanted to be. Yeah, and exactly. it's such and and it's and that is that that is that Jacob and Esau chosen son sort of biblical thing, which is bringing it back to the legends of the fall. Like that is that storyline that is so if pulled off right, like in East of Eden and in this movie, it's so fucking human and so fucking real and so just great i mean it's like so heartbreaking and engaging just it just Mm -hmm. it's a it's a simple storyline that tells a bigger human that okay this is a big statement it's a simple storyline that enlightens the human experience it's like it shows what it's like to be complicated and human being we're really taking this episode and this movie (laughs) very seriously because you have to yeah, this a movie like this. I mean, I was like, how am I going to make jokes about this movie? How am I going to like make light no, of this movie? No, this is and our most hard. boring episode. This is our most boring episode. But if, it, but here's the thing. Hopefully, if somebody's watched this movie, which you should, yes, then you're like on board with us. The- I hope that somebody yeah watches this movie and they look for a podcast that's talking about this movie and they find ours because the you because can't I mean really if be you're- funny about it. No, we I can't. spent and all morning crying. It's two and a half hours. <laughs> I cried for two and a half hours, took a bath, and then like hopped on my Skype with a and glass drink, of wine. And now you're drinking wine. <laughs> I yeah, I I similarly it was a little opposite. I just went to I like watched it and then I went to bed sad and I woke up <laughs> and I read more about it and I like had sad dreams and like I now I'm just drinking mint tea to try yeah. to consume myself. Yeah. And I was trying to I was trying to I really wanted cuz this movie's based on a novella. I was hoping I could it's like 280 pages or something. It's just 80. Ah, oh, fuck. I told I was like should I read the novella before this to enlighten the movie and then I was like no. It's too it's too simple of a conversation to have where it's like in the book they do this and in the movie they do that. Like you can't really judge a movie if you've seen the book because you're constantly comparing the two. Yeah. Um, but I'm going to read it for sure. Yeah, I would like to also read it. Oh, oh, while I was reading about 
this, I found out that Brad Pitt's favorite book is All the Pretty Horses. Mm-hmm. And he read an audiobook of All the Pretty Horses. He listened. He, and you can – no, he read for it. Oh, he narrated. Like he's- he narrated. You could buy the audiobook for the book All the Pretty Horses by Cormac McCarthy narrated by Brad Pitt. Beep, boop, beep, boop, beep, boop, I know. Beep. Well, I, here's the deal. I looked for it and you can only – I think you can only buy it on cassette. Suck my goddamn dick, Michael. I'm <laughs> I know. Right now on Audible. <laughs> I looked on Audible or I looked on Amazon and I didn't see it anywhere on Amazon. Maybe I should look on Audible. That's exciting. I will I will find a version of him doing that. I know. And I've been wanting to read that book, All the Pretty Horses. Um, um, I've never read it either. I love The Road. I love Cormac McCarthy. He's a genius. Anyway, so the movie ends with Brad Pitt living long enough to see everybody he loved die. And it's like kind of amazing because at the beginning, the first sentence that one shot says, one stab says is, he was searching for death. He was always looking for his death. And so throughout the whole movie, you are kind of expect, I was kind of expecting him to die. Uh, but he never did. Everyone else did. And my favorite line of the whole movie, which I think sums up the ethos of the whole thing was that, um, one step in the narration says he was the rock they broke themselves against. Like he was the mm. thing that remained solid and yet flailing. And he was the embodiment of tr- the tragedy of the movie, but he was also the heart of the movie. Like it was, and it was our boy, Brad who carried that fucking thing. <laughs> You know, like it he's was. the one who did that. He was. He was the rock that they broke their whatever he, on. He did such a fucking great job of being that whimsical fucking character. I was thrilled. Just thrilled <laughs> to watch him. Yeah, it was. No, it was definitely um, – it was real Brad Pitt acting, you know? Yeah, and I have to say the other – a couple things about the making of the movie – which is, this is the first time I was looking up his relationship with his director. We've talked a couple times about this, how he really defers to his director and how he really like is a, a director's actor, but they didn't get along. Oh, really? They didn't, I didn't know that. Mm-mm, he didn't like it. They didn't like each other. They, he really didn't like the way he edited the thing. He was like, I guess, I guess there was a lot more crazy. Like there was a lot more of Brad Pitt breaking down that the editor cut out and, and he said, it's so, it was so cheesy um, the way that he cut it, he's like, he's like, the, we made a good movie and I really liked it, but I thought that it was not great. I was, as I was doing research, I found a lot of things, um, where people that I think the general consensus is that this movie is not as good as a river runs through it. And as interview with the vampire, which is so funny because honestly, it's significantly better than both of those movies. A hundred percent. It's, you know what it is? I think it's our first one where it's a true thinker. Like I was thinking in the bath after I watched it, I was like, what am I going to say about this? Like, I know there's a lot to say. And did I do myself a disservice by do it, watching the movie and then immediately podcasting? Because I know that there's more meat to this movie than there are to those other two. Yeah. Um, and so this is an interesting thing that I read too, which was that he deferred part of his salary to make the, to get the thing made. It took 13 years to get it made by the time he had signed on he deferred part of his $3 million salary to the making of the movie to get it made. 
because he said, I've always thought there would be someone better for most of the roles I've taken, but I knew I was the best one to play Tristan. I knew it the minute I read it. I knew the corners, the bends in the road, knew exactly mm-hmm. where it went. My difficulty was trying to get others to see it the way that I did. And then that's where he got into a fight with the director, which was like he saw the movie very differently than the end than it ended up being. And I'd be curious to see a Brad Pitt cut. Yeah, a BPC. A BPC. But I like. I really loved how this turned out. Like, I think. I guess, I just think that Brad Pitt really he still carried the movie in a way that did a lot of justice to the story. So I mean, I I would be interested to see how Brad Pitt would have done it differently, but I think that it's not like it doesn't seem like he was, um, you know, not not doing it justice or something like that. Totally. Um, do you want to talk about reception of it? Yeah, sure. So it was uh, released. Um, it's we say 1994 movie because it was released December 23rd, 1994. But it was a limited release, and it only made two hundred thousand dollars when it was initially released because it was only a couple of theaters. But then when it was widely released in January of 1995, mm-hmm. it um, its opening weekend it made sixteen million. And then it, it stayed in the top ten for like four weeks or something like that. And it ultimately growed, grossed um, 160 million worldwide. Yeah. I mean, this was in the year of all the best movies ever made. Yeah. It had that big competition and it did really well. Um, it didn't do as well as interview with a vampire, which grossed. I mean, these two movies are often compared because they were released like a month apart Uh and they both starred Brad Pitt and they were both Oscar bait. Well, right. And this was when Brad Pitt suddenly became, he was like a fucking superstar. He wasn't just a famous guy. So boom, boom, back to back. Which brings me to always my favorite part. One of my favorite parts of this show that we do, Michael, is the ratings. Okay. Okay. Are you ready? Sure am. IMDb, 7.5 out of 10. Fair enough. Okay. I get it. Rotten Tomatoes, 56%. Okay. Again, is it 56%? That's because that's not fair. Is that a critic's? thing or audience choice because audience i feel like an audience would give this a low score but a critic would give it high so the audience score is 87 percent, which story checks out yeah uh the the critics give it 56 percent. right oh interesting i sort of thought it would be flipped but i i get it okay okay hold on i'm so excited to tell you the other things i'm about to tell you okay um google Mm-hmm. So Metacritic is 45, which is a compounding of all of the information Critic at that reviews. time. Mm-hmm. But Google users give it a 91%. Well, here's the deal. I think this movie, maybe it just ages really well. Because I think people in the 90s were very hard on this movie for some reason. Like mm-hmm. it didn't, for some reason it didn't resonate. And maybe it was because this movie was ahead of its time in I some think, way. I think also maybe it was the same years as... Um, I think we were in a Forrest Gump world. I don't know. But our favorite of all time, Entertainment Weekly. Are you ready? Ugh, yeah. <laughs> I'm guessing it's it's super low. C minus. Yeah, knew it. Fuck Entertainment Weekly. Those fucking idiots. I mean. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me just read you the very first line from this thing. Okay. The muzziness of Legends of the Fall begins with the title. What does it mean? Perhaps it refers to Autumn, since the story based on a novella by the He-Man romanticizer Jim Harrison is told (laughs) through the eyes of an old Cree scout who remembers times and seasons. 
Whatever legend thinks it means, we're not getting from the director an earnest believer. <laughs> Whoa. It's so angry at this movie. Uh, uh, so mad. hates this movie. Um, Unfair. So it's funny. I love that Entertainment Weekly has become our litmus, has become our, like, our... our They're the Juliette Lewis of um, <laughs> magazine reviews. Um, so just, By the way, did you know she was a Scientologist? Yeah, duh. She's one of their most famous ones. Oh. Um, well, fuck that. <laughs> I think we should do our ratings, and then I and then I just want to pop in to say that uh, Brad Pitt is at this time in his career dating a dark-haired, fine-boned beauty named Jitka. He oh. calls her Yit. She's Czechoslovakian, uh, by way of Arkansas. She's an actress, and she owns two bobcats. Oh, also, Brad Pitt at this point in his life is um, raising chameleons. Yeah, he had 42 chameleons in his backyard. So no he had, So he had 42 chameleons, three dogs, and two bobcats in his house when this movie came out. Good God. <laughs> and then this whole article I was reading on Vogue, which was like, this guy seems like a full-on fucking idiot, but also <sighs> he might be the smartest person on the planet. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. And I think it might be the latter. He might be the very smartest person yeah i want to post this article on our instagram because it's it's such a good read but anyway let's do our ratings michael okay so overall oh no no no. acting brad pitt's acting brad pitt's acting oh i give him a, a like a nine and a half yeah i'm i'm right there with you i think i'm trying to think of all the movies of his that i've seen in which i would give him a good score and i I think he fucking nailed this one. He this one was, yeah. he was this character. He like, I didn't doubt it for a second. No, I fully bought it, and I knew it. He, I knew it right away. I might go so far as to give him a ten. I didn't see any flaws in his acting in this whole thing. I guess I'm just gonna stick with nine and a half, just because like for wiggle room, a ten feels crazy, but yeah. this was so so good. Like nine and a half for sure. He, he fucking killed it. Um. We're an okay. hour and eight minutes in, and we haven't even talked about how goddamn good-looking he was this whole time. Like, I mean, unbelievable. His hair. Okay, so <laughs> I guess I'm going to get onto his hair. It's yeah, like, which includes facial hair, by the way. Yes, it does, which is an important distinction to make in this particular movie because his facial hair is oh my God. unbelievable. Oh, my God. I didn't it's even shocking. know I needed him with a beard, but I do. I, I do. Am, it was shocking. Michael, it speaks to how good this movie is that it took us an hour and eight minutes to get to the fact that he looked so fucking good. Yeah. With his blonde hair and the way they lit his hair. like There was like oh, six or seven oh. scenes where he was backlit, and I was just like, it's yeah. not even like sexy, like I'm going to fucking go masturbate to this later. It's just like, no. holy fuck, I am looking at a perfect looking person. Yes. Ex- yes, that's exactly it. It's like, it's not like it's making me horny. It's more like, oh, he's perfect. He's he is stunning. Flawless. He's an Adonis of a human. So his hair, I've been actually waiting for this movie for this rating. Michael, what is it? It's 10 for me. It's a 10. Ah. <sighs> Okay, I'm not going to go for a 10, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Before he goes to war, he didn't have layers. He just, it was kind of all like an interview with the vampire style, long oh, hair and a ponytail. Right. I, Bounty and father, I did, yeah. And he, he wasn't so hot. His hair wasn't so good then. It was when he got back from the war after going crazy where he really shined. Yeah, so but I'm going to yeah. give him an eight and a half because I didn't like the, his hair at the beginning of this. 
Okay, I'll, I'll I'll go down to a nine because of that. You're right. That's a good point. But I still think that this he is associated with that hairstyle, mm-hmm. the the later hairstyle for this movie, and so that's why I'm I'm gonna keep it high at a nine because it was so so good and that beard, God, mm-hmm. the fucking beard. Yeah, and and you make a good point. He, when people think about Brad Pitt, they think of this era of him. Like, this is when he really, truly, truly was was a like became a huge, huge star. And we associate him with that long blonde hair. At least I do. Yeah. 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 Same. Which is um, dyed by the way. His hair is actually darker. Yeah. It was dyed for both interview and this one, which is so, and, and it's, it's like, it's interesting how in interview we were not impressed with his hair, Mm-mm. but he has the same hair here. And it's because of, the way he was that well, brings that makes his hair in the context. So this is why we judge his hair. Okay. It's not because we are judging the person who did it. We're judging how he wears it. And he wore exactly. his hair beautifully here and he wore it terribly there. That's why I gave, I think I gave him a pretty high rating in Johnny suede for his hair, because I think to, to me in that movie, like it wasn't that I thought his hair was like, a hairstyle that I wanted, although I sort of have that hair. It's yeah. more like he I rocked think he the wore hair. it well. Yeah, exactly. He, he owned it. It's kind of like we say how did, how do we think he acted, and then we think how did he act for his hair? How did he wear it? How did he wear it? Yeah, because someone like someone like uh, like uh, George Clooney has very similar hair in almost all of his movies. Fuck George Clooney, man. Everybody okay, goddamn loves George Clooney. I, listen, I like him, but like, I don't understand why he's such a big whoop. We don't even need to get into it right now. I just love him. I get love this. George Clooney. We'll get into it when we get into Ocean's Eleven, and he is in that movie. I know, and we're going to do that one live from Las Vegas, and I'm never yeah, going to give up on that idea. <laughs> we, we really need to like do the math on that. Yeah, we do. Um, we need to figure out the logistics. Um, so overall? The movie is a nine. I'm going to give it... I just I'm so hesitant to go above eight because I it's such a long career, but and I'm so I'm so surprised you're giving this movie a nine. I really didn't think that it was going to be your speed. I'm and I'm thrilled that it is. The thing is, and I said this when we were watching Legends, is like I'm not a, or when we were watching um, River Runs Through it, it's like I'm not afraid of a slow movie. I'm just I don't like when it's boring, and if it's boring, it's boring, and there's no, you know, you can't. You can't justify it by saying like, oh, that's what it's supposed to be. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. you can justify it by saying that. But like, it's just boring. And the acting was like, blech. But like, this is, it's slow, but it's not boring because there's, the acting is so good. And the story, is there's a lot of story there. Mm-hmm. And there's, each scene has a lot of depth to it. So yeah, it's slow. It was a well-made but, movie. But it's well-made, which is, I, which any movie I'll, I'll appreciate if it's well-made. I think it was well-made and I think it was the, st- I think the ethos of the thing, like the backstory, the things, the story that you are telling yourself when you're watching it that isn't told on screen was thought out and meaty and I really liked that, if that makes sense. Like, mm-hmm. it's a story you can think about outside of actually watching the action. Um, so I'm going to go ahead and give it a nine as well. Okay. Because I fucking loved it. And I'm in a time in my life where this last couple of weeks I've been so, you ever get to the point where you're so overworked and just like, 
I'm not sad because I'm I'm generally happy, but like I could use a good fucking cry. I don't know if this is a girlfriend yes. or not. Well, it's not. I mean, it's not I a gendered thing. Hard. Like I just, but I do. Like I want to be in my feelings right now. You know now. what I, I mean? Just... I want to be in my Kiki. Do you love me? In my feelings, kind of a situation. Yeah. <laughs> and I and I was like, I could. I want to cry. And I've been feeling because this job that I just wrapped with all those kids like has been the last three weeks, and it's just been so fucking intense. And so. Last week I went to go see A Star Is Born, hoping that I would. Oh, I'm going gonna... to see it today. Well, we'll talk about that on a different podcast <laughs> at a different time. But I went there hoping to cry, and I did a little because I'm I cry in every movie theater I go to just because I'm overwhelmed by loud noises and big lights and sounds. <laughs> I'm a child in that way. But this movie delivered Legends of the Fall delivered the fucking nonstop flood of tears that I needed. And I love crying. <laughs> I love crying so much. I wish I could cry, like really cry. I just don't. My body doesn't. I years know, of man. conditioning of toxic masculinity, years of it have mm-hmm. just conditioned me to not allow myself to cry. And like, I'll be like, tears just come to me. Like, come on tears. And yeah. Give like, me that I'll release. Misty, but it won't happen. Like I'll, I'll get like teary eyed and I, uh-huh. I'll say like, Oh, I cried at that part when I like get teary eyed and like there's a tear or whatever. But like, yeah, I don't like cry and I want to, oh, I want that. The best I want world. that. <laughs> I was talking to my sister the other day and I was like, you know, I'm not, a, cause I know a lot of girls who get their feelings hurt and they cry. Like I don't, I don't cry. I get mad. Like if someone hurts my feelings, I get mad. I don't, I don't cry. And she was like, Chelsea, I was like, I'm not a crier. And my sister Tessa was like, you're the biggest crier I know. Because what I do is that <laughs> I am an emotional crier so that if anything stimulates me creatively in any way, mm-hmm. I go to a Broadway show and I just cry the whole time because I'm so overwhelmed <laughs> by the genius of like music and art. And like I get overstimulated so quickly that I actually cry a lot. <laughs> And turns out I fucking love it. <laughs> I love to cry. Like a lot of people cry when they're sad. I just like crying for me is a joy in its own way. Anyway. Well, that's amazing. Let's wrap up Legends. I think you gave it a nine. Gave it a nine. Brad Pitt um, is a Brad Pitt's performance, I think, is a nine and a half. I think his hair is a nine. Uh it's great. I mean, it's a high rated high rated one all, think, all across i think this is our first like really high rated one which brings yeah. me to next week oh yeah so next week is seven seven which i've never seen i haven't seen it since i was in high school and it's fucking awesome if i remember it correctly i'm very excited to revisit it well to be fair i thought or um, I thought Fight Club was fucking awesome in high school, and my opinion changed later. Did it? Well, don't bring that up now. Well, I'm just saying, high school is like a hard... I would have brought that up if we were talking about any actor. That, that Fight Club is one of those movies that you think about is great. Okay, now I'm just talking about Fight Club. Anyway, um, next week is 7, and where can we watch it? You can stream it on Netflix, which you should do. Or you can it's buy on it Netflix? on... Netflix? Yes, on Netflix. You can... Oh, great. You can stream it on Netflix or you can buy it on iTunes for $3.99 or Amazon, YouTube, or Google Play for $2.99. It's like, who the fuck do you think you are, iTunes? Charging me that extra buck. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, iTunes. Then again, okay, but 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 Amazon says $2.99 and then you go on there and it's $2.99 for standard definition and then it's HD is $3.99. I found that out. Yeah, uh, with okay, so iTunes is just 
giving us high definition and we don't have to make the decision, which I appreciate. But iTunes marketing team, come on, get it together. Everyone else says 299, at least lie. Listeners, I wish you could see Michael's fingers prancing about when he <laughs> says that. He's trying to tell us a secret. He's telling the <laughs> iTunes team a secret that they don't know. So we're going to do seven next week. Totally tune in. Week after that, we're going to be together and in person for 12 Monkeys, which I know for a fact is a great film. And both of these movies are psychological thrillers, and we're changing the game for Brad. Yeah, well, it's funny because he did say in an interview for this movie that he was like – or actually it was for Interview with the Vampire where he was like uh, – he's like, yeah, I need to do like a comedy after this because it's just so dark. Like I, my, my head is just in such a weird place. Otherwise, I'm going to have to break out the razor blades. You know what I mean? Which is <laughs> a dark thing to say. Yeah. But then he goes and he does seven. It's like, dude, that's a dark movie too. Seven and then 12 Monkeys and then Sleepers. <laughs> They're all so fucking dark. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, thanks for anyway, listening, guys. I know this it. this one was a slog. Um, but if you've seen the movie, then you probably were here for it because it was yeah. fun. It was good. Anyway, um, that's it for this episode. Episode, episode 10. 10. We're in double digits now. Fuck yeah. We'll see you guys next week. Bye. Bye.